Hello everyone, it's WDW Happy Hour here. I'm Catherine. I'm here with my fellow podcast members, Holly. Hello. Rob. Greetings. Scott. Hello. And Matt. Hello. We have a fun episode for you. We're recording just a tad earlier than we usually do, so just putting that disclaimer out there in case anything earth-shattering happens in the next two days, uh, please forgive us. So we're going to start as we always do with our topping it off. I was about to go straight to Rob with the news, but I know Scott worked hard for this one. So uh, we're going to highlight a drink that had been drunken by Scott. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, I had to scramble here at the last second because I didn't realize it was my turn. But uh, fear not, I had many in the hopper. So uh, this one is from a kiosk at the Food and Wine. Food, this is from October. Okay. Um, it's from China, and it is the Good Fortune Citrus, which is triple sec, grapefruit, grapefruit, and white boba, $12. Um, you know, I'm not sure about these boba balls, to be honest with you. In general? Yeah. It's weird. Right? I mean, like, little chewy things in your drink. I like the ones that pop. These oh, were the, these were the ones, yeah, like oh, ta- yeah. like giant tapioca. Yeah, that's those. Nice. I, I yeah, I, I like the Animal Kingdom ones. The flavor of this drink was good, but like, and I'm not even saying I don't like it. I'm just not sure about it. <laughs> You're dubious. I, I haven't had enough to really. They get stuck in the straw. Well, I don't. I don't even think I drank it with the straw. I don't you think it worked. Laughed. I just was, you know. Took them to pop those balls in the face. Um. Anyway. Uh. So the only alcohol in this was triple sec? Yeah, triple sec, grapefruit, and white boba. There was no... Wow, that's rare, because that's usually... And that's a low, that's a low yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Well, I think uh, this was a relatively end of the evening for me, so I was trying not to... Down slow. I mean, there were there were other options there with, like, Baijo and other things, but mm, that would have been dangerous. This was less much. dangerous. Okay. All right, that's fair, that's fair. But if you're into those, you know, chewy boba, have at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can't now, but... I think At the other, festival. There's always, there's always a boba to be had there's in, in China. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. So, Rob, <laughs> kicking it to you with the news. Sure. So a little slow after the last uh, episode where it was all news. <laughs> um, Disney, so they have a new annual passholder lounge that opened at Epcot. Did anybody see any of this? No. Not at all. Did not, no. So, yeah. Just, um, I, and usually I wouldn't even talk about this, but anybody want to venture... So, we've all seen this space. Um, so, it, it's currently... They took over a section of something. Anybody want to venture a guess? Uh, a lounge in Epcot. What part of the park? Um, so, wait. Does this the, mean that I, this is in addition to the one that's above... Uh, yes, the DVC see, lounge. That's yeah, DVC yeah, this is annual passport. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Didn't uh, they do this above um, American Adventure at one that point? Was chase pa- that was Chase. That was the Chase. Lounge. Good guess, but no. I'm gonna say they're gonna rope off some of the Odyssey. Okay. Anybody else want to venture a guess? Um, I will. I will tell you. It's. It's not. It's not World Showcase. Oh, okay. So I was. I was kind of writing off shirt World Showcase as an. Is option. it a World <laughs> Celebration? Is it in the Land Pavilion? I was gonna say the Land. I feel like okay, there's a lot. Of- you're getting warmer. Um, okay, when you go up, when you first go in, yeah. what's straight ahead? There's I know there's that dining, and then there's like the Lion King show to the to the right. That's or, in the, not that's Lion, in the it's right. Not Lion King. You're, you're thinking of uh, um, Garden Grill? No, no, to the left Grill. of Garden Grill. Yeah. 
Oh, that where the bathrooms are. How about that no. park downstairs <laughs> next to Sunshine yeah, Seasons? Yeah, there is like a little alcove back there. Just tell that us. Is, that damn is it. where that That's is where it's at. Oh, nice. So it's the seating. It's like that seating area next to the queue for living with the land. Yeah. It, Does it look weird? I bet it looks weird. So all it is is. They do have, you have to scan in with your magic band, so I guess they have attendance, and they just have themed um, tables, so they have like a Mickey table, <laughs> and, and there's a figment one. So what do you do there? So you it's sit a, there? Okay, so Party. I will say, Lounge. I will say, I would go into it for two seconds. They give, as of this picture of when it just opened, they were giving full-size M&M packets. <gasps> like, oh. Yeah. That's worth the price. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. And they have uh, they have wa- not bottled water, like just like dispenser water. Oh, wow. oh but that's yeah. like nice, you know. But no Coke freestyle machine. Yeah, no, really. and then that's they have the uh, they have some sort of pe- I forget what it said. Some kind of peanuts, toffee peanuts. Oh, okay. I'm into that. But I'm it's just that. such a strange like. Strange location. That isn't is a it? weird location. <laughs> they just no so it's over there, right? You would go to the ride on to the on the left. So it's to the right of the it's entrance. Like the very back of the living. If the living with the land was a three three hour wait, you'd be waiting yes. or you would wait for that. Yes. So there's oh. a new. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd rather they just not do it. I don't know. It seems. I'm there for the free stuff. Yeah, I give me, give me a pack of candy, some peanuts. Yeah, um, they do have lockers where you could charge your phone. Oh, but like, do people like it? it I'd have to be really like, desperate. Desperate. Yeah, to find I know. It seems in that like a because otherwise I'd be prepared. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so I wonder if can you take your food over from Sunshine Season? Great question. I'm I mean, sure. they're giving I'm out M and M's. I can't imagine that they're like. Well, seating no, is keep a your... premium at Sunshine Seasons a yeah, lot of the time. Actually, yeah. that might be the use case. For yeah. It. And go at lunchtime. Sit in the annual pass holder spot. Meanwhile, we'll people are trying to day. you know snipe a table and from I got each a, other. And I get a free dessert of M and M's. I don't know, Sorry. but that's a fairly decent size area. I mean, from the picture, there's fifteen tables at least. So I think they used to do like they had a I wanna say they did like little specialty tours like during food and wine that would like meet back here. Like uh, I've seen like I don't know why this is sticking in my head. Ghirardelli had like a little okay. showcase back there and I think you had to pay for it. Like I think it was one of those add-ons, but it was with something, wasn't it? It might have been uh, Festival of the Arts. Yeah, it was like some chocolate thing yeah. that like you had to go back there, and that was that like the sense. registration. Like so, they thought we have this empty corner now. We're gonna put some pass. Well, no, people there. are gonna expect chocolate from years past. Hey, so. that's a good that's a good expectation. <laughs> um, so did. Uh, Cool, cool. Not your Should best segue. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Rob clearly does not have a good segue for this one. It's all right. Um, so Apple had one of their their events. Several, yeah, yeah, one of their events. So the WDCC World Developer some conference. Um, but part of that, Disney uh, Bob Iger actually came out and spoke um, as part of the presentation for Apple's new Apple Vision Pro, their augmented reality headset. Um, and Disney's really, I guess, going to the forefront of making offerings for this new device um and and Iger showed that i guess a lot of the material for 
uh, Disney Plus will be available on day one. Hmm. Um, I can't... I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. I can't really... I, I know they showed scenes of... You could watch, like, The Mandalorian, but then the whole back screen would be, like, a planet from Star Wars. I, yeah, I did I see that. I don't know that. if you saw that. It was a quick clip, but you had the screen, and then you had, like, that background. So, um, And then they showed um, a scene of the electrical, the Main Street Electrical Parade going into the castle. That's and so everybody was like, oh, they're bringing the electrical parade. Like, no, like, I think they just <laughs> used it as, um, yeah, there's the scene. I oh, saw that. that. Yeah. I saw some TikToks with some speculation about yeah, that. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. Any, they any were thoughts spar- on They this? were sparse with details about, yeah. and, and I think that it's too early um, in development to, like, exactly say what Disney's foothold into this is. I do know that it's going to be $3,500 at retail, which... Um, I didn't watch any of this, but Rob said that Rob did and told me they were there were audible groans from the audience when the price was announced. <laughs> yeah, because that is like I don't care. I mean, there there's going to be an Apple premium on on really any technology, but you know, as more and more developers get into the VR AR space, the price has been going down. And, like, competition has been good for consumers. And then here comes Apple with a VR AR headset that is, like, above and beyond more expensive than anything that's on the market in, like, the consumer space right now. I mean, that, like, people are buying. Like, right. It's such a strange thing because it's thir- – so, right, Disney's marketed toward family, families mostly. And, like, what are you going to do? Buy – four of these for a family of four and watch the Mandalorian together uh, uh, with these headsets like it just seems like a weird market that they're going Disney I'm saying Disney specifically like it's it's a solo like right Disney so involves everyone right and the whole family and everything you can do activity but it's like the idea of this is it's it's singular I mean, the one thing that is cool about it that kind of, I think, does set it apart from other headsets is that it's, like, so low profile. Like, it doesn't take up a lot of space. It's, like, they really stress, like, it's, like, comfortable on, like, the face and, like, there's not a lot of, like, wires and stuff hanging off of you. But, like, I haven't done any, like, side-by-side specs of, like, oh, this is is why it's $3,500 compared to this. And also, yeah, I think the Disney thing is weird. I think it's just a weird, like... They've they've had you know they've had this connection. They've been in bed together since Iger um, mended fences for the Disney company with Steve Jobs, and so there's been this like amicable. I will say thing. that my my take of it was there's so much of the price that is dependent for me, like whether it's a good price or a bad price, based on how high quality the images are that you're getting from this headset. You know, I've used a, a VR headset before. There are varying quality differences. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm expecting it will be really good quality. But it, if it is, like, epic quality, it might be able to justify that a little bit more than if it's just on par with the rest of what's on the market. Yeah, I mean, I guess I rem- I, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, and last, last story, and I feel like we haven't had one of these in a while. Uh, alcohol related we are getting a new uh, Indiana Jones inspired lounge and, and when 
I say lounge. This is uh, being generous. Okay. So it's it, it's all in coordination with our, I, I guess, uh, to, to celebrate the opening of the new Indiana Jones uh, film. Oh, yeah, when does that come out? Soon, if it's to, not today. already. Yeah. Today. Okay. Actually, oh, we're recording it. Yes. Starting at, we're recording on Friday, June 9th. Yes. So. Um, Happy so, Indie Day. So it's called Den of Destiny, and it's going into the gift shop location. Um next to the stunt show so if you're so oh. it's just scott's looking at me confusedly um if you're if you're standing at the entrance to prime. 50s prime yeah. time cafe it's to the right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. but not okay. so far back that you're at that quick serve wait what are you talking about what which you're oh, thinking, no, that's you're thinking of Backlot express no 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 oh yeah i am thinking of Backlot. No, no, that's no, no. all like far like if you're side. going into prime time it is attached. Like, I mean, yeah. the building's attached. Yeah, it's okay. to the right of the oh. time entrance. Oh. It's where you get dumped out when you come out of the stunt show. When you There's said like the woods. gift shop, I thought the you woods. meant the little stand that they've oh, got they across. The drinks. Yeah, yeah they have the, the drink oh. counter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that really is a small lounge. So I thought, oh, this this will be like a cool little place to go. <laughs> All it is is, so they have... They have props and uh, I give them credit for this. You give them props for the props. The, I give them props for the props. They have props from the the films oh. um, that you walk through, but then it's just, it's just like a little kiosk to get drinks, and then it looks like they have some tables under that awning that that goes to the right there. Any specialty yeah, drinks? Yeah, they do. They special? do. Yeah, okay. the, the, I just got an ad on here, which Man, is weird. Man, it's, it's a bummer. They probably use a lot of their good indie puns with Jock Lindsay, and now they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we gotta make more indie puns. So there's an adventures, adventurous margarita. Oh. Um, mm. I, don't know <laughs> well, I, I can't. Those. Some of these things I can't. Short round, pronounce. short round. Oh, that's cute. Uh, like the that. weathered fedora. I I had the menu. It's a good and name. This ad on here. I don't know where this. Okay, <laughs> these here we dang go. pop ups. Um, where? Sorry. Where was the? <laughs> where did the? No, it's all right. We can we can guess the rope. So it was, a, but it was basically a margarita. Um, a weathered fedora. A green tea drink. Oh. Atlantique green By the tea way. and the weathered fedora. <laughs> I just want to point out that Catherine okay. was By just the way, trying my, to. My thumb slipped, so don't call me stupid. Thank I didn't you. call you stupid. You're but I just, in my peripheral, I saw her Google <laughs> Indiana Jones. That's it. And Indiana Jones enter. I'm like, you're not going to find it. Okay. She so claims her thumb slip. The, the margarita <laughs> is tequila, passion fruit, papaya, green tea. Cucumber, lime juice, and agave nectar. Sounds good. Um, the green tea drink is a non-alcoholic. So yeah. it's pomegranate green tea, blood orange, lemon juice, and agave nectar. And the weather fedora is old forester, Kentucky straight bourbon, mm. sweet vermouth, uh, vanilla, hella cocktail company, ginger bitters, star anise, cinnamon, and nutmeg soaked over an ice sphere. That and then they great. have two. They have two beers: uh, an IPA and a wheat ale. That uh, that weather fedora sounds uh, very good. Yeah. So, I, I like that they're trying different things, and especially if it's uh, this is booze, cool. booze related. Yeah. Why not? I think it's. Is it going? Do you see the dates on? I uh, think it's it's temporary. Yeah, I should just say. Like a seasonal. Um, I thought it said through August. Hmm. Um. Oh, 
You know, I miss I misunderstood you, Rob. Oh, and I, I screwed up something, too. That the lounge is called the Den of Destiny. The movie is called the Dial of Destiny. Oh, so this I think lounge he said is, that. Well, he said Den of Destiny, and I thought that's what the movie's called. No, nah. I knew it was called I something of Destiny. I but, misunderstood. And I screwed up. <laughs> so, Go on. So the lounge opened today. Oh, okay. The movie doesn't open until June 30th. Oh, okay. Oh, the end of the month. Yeah. Okay. Just right. July 4th. Yeah. Just building buzz here. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Please I don't give us a bad up. review for getting a fact wrong. What are, you, what are you talking about, guys? I already saw it. <laughs> yeah, Matt's like, it was so good. <laughs> it, it's open through August 15th. So most of the two months. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Well, somewhere else to disperse to get some drinks in Hollywood Studios during the summer busy yeah. schedule. Something more and to do in Hollywood Studios. It's temporary. Yeah. Just yep. weathered fed. Well, I know Disney Plus has all the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I saw they added well, all nice. those. Yeah. All of them are on there. All three. Also, yeah. Way of Water. <laughs> <laughs> we don't speak of the Crystal Skull method. I didn't say that. I, didn't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Is that all? As that, far that's as it. Um, yeah, I'll save one other thing for the end. So. Oh, okay. Okay, save it for the end. We've got a t- uh, the last call. All right, so Scott, you're the you're the keeper of the destiny dial. Oh, here. I'm, I'm keeping <laughs> the destiny dial today. All right. Yeah, what's our destiny? So our topic today, we're gonna try something a little bit different today. Okay. We oh, we geez. always look at things with a park guests eye and evaluate decisions based on how they affect us because we are entitled millennials and a couple of gen xers and you know that's just how we look at the world but today i want you to put on your disney executive hats and we're going to evaluate some decisions that disney has made over the past couple of years as they relate to how they how well or how poorly they have affected the company financially. Now you can also, I mean, you can look at this a little bit from, you know, a a consumer standpoint because like anything has an application to how it affects people in the parks. But I want you to think about this in terms of whether you think it was a good decision or a bad decision as far as a business decision goes. Um, So the way I want you to do this, and I don't want, I don't want any kind of neutral on this. None of that. So I want you to either give it a a three, a one, a three or a one. A three if it was a good decision, a one if it was a bad decision. Okay. What's and I'm going to add them up. I have an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, so I'm three add them is up. good. That's three all is I good. Have to remember. So wait, why are you weighing? Why are you weighing good so much? Uh, why why three and well, one? It seems arbitrary. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna average them out and see which one we think is the best decision and which one was the worst decision and the so, ones with the lower so, scores. But good is is valued higher in your in your scoring rubric than than bad. It's like a golf score. So like no, but what I'm saying is, is should we just do negative one plus one? No, because then we'll have things that end up being zeros. Oh yeah, okay. So okay. like you're gonna you're gonna wind up like if we all Trust said the process, three. Matt. Three times five would be fifteen. If we all said one, it would be five. Right. Okay. Yeah, so what's wrong with that? Yeah, we're all gonna have different answers. Okay. Trust me, it'll work. It'll work. Okay. It'll work. All right. So the first decision. Let's get under this so we can stop arguing the. No, uh, I wanna. I wanna do fifteen like minutes on the uh, on the methodology of your scoring. <laughs> I literally just made it up. So. 
I can tell. <laughs> All right, first decision. Disney purchases Star Wars. And I want to hear a little bit of your thought process behind it. Whether you think it was a good business decision or a bad one. Does anybody want to go first and just offer up a thought? Sure. Go for it. It, it was a good business decision because it, 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 it's, it's delivered on the investment many times over. Now, how they managed it from all aspects of, I think it's oversaturated, uh, the films. While decent, um, you know, probably could have been better. But uh, if we're judging it strictly on business, it's fine. It delivered exponential growth or many times the investment they made. See, that's what's so tough for me, like, to... Because I'm like, I would really like numbers in front of me of being like, how much did they purchase Lucasfilm for? And what was their, I mean, we wouldn't know this as like the general consumer, but what was their like estimation of when they would get a return on investment for that? And Rob, you seem to think that they've already made their return on investment on so. the. Oh, I, I feel mean, like definitely with the movies that they've made and sold, all of those made a billion dollars, I think. But that's but that's minus um, the cost to make them and the cost. Sure. Of like, yeah. So like we don't see that in the final like product. So like all of that is like when you're talking about like your total revenue, then like it, we never see that. We just see like it made you know a billion dollars at the box office. But that's not taking into consideration like if if they have to like think about the cost for to pay every single person who went to make, edit, produce the movie. I wonder like how much they're actually making per, you know, Mandalorian season, per, um, you know, major theatrical release. Well, and this will get to another one that we have a little bit later on, but I think in and of itself, this this was a good decision. Some of those other decisions that then, then rely on purchasing Disney, like Disney Plus or Star Wars Land, things like that, those are a little bit more debatable maybe, but they this has offered them an intellectual property that they have had they couldn't have gotten on their own yeah there's there's a lot of intangibles too of like of the fact that like star wars is now you know more pop you can say more popular than ever and yeah you know i think that they've kind of done a good job of that i mean based on no like finance i would say it's a good decision i mean i I want you to look at it from a business standpoint but i don't want you to look at it too much in terms of like the dollars and cents yeah that makes sense like the the acquisition was four billion they had to have made that much by now the force awakens made two billion rogue one made just over one the last jedi made 1.33 Solo made uh, almost 400 million, and The Rise of Star Wa- Skywalker made a billion. Yeah. So just on and that the alone. Galactic Star Cruiser made 7 billion. <laughs> <laughs> made negative 70 billion. <laughs> yeah, how much did they lose? They got a nice depreciation write off. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's just go around here real quick. We'll give a number for this either three if it was a good decision or one if you think it was a bad decision. Rob? Three. 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 All right, three. That one was relatively straightforward. Are you voting, Scott? Yeah, yeah I vote three. I'm okay. sorry. I should have said that. All right. My second Disney decision was, this goes back to a time, I believe it was around 2004, when the Harry Potter novels were mm. up for sale as a park 
potential park purchase or a rights purchase. And Disney declined to purchase the rights for Harry Potter, which led to them being purchased by Universal. And of course, we all know what Universal's done with it. Do you think it was a good business decision to decline purchasing the rights for Harry Potter in the theme parks? And I'm so sorry to do this again. Does anyone happen to know or able to look up how much Universal? Well, if you can vamp for a second, I'll look it up. Yeah. So um, they, they, from the, just a cursory, I don't know how accurate these things are. From what it says, uh, Universal spent two hundred million. Not, that's a drop in compared to four billion dollars for Star Wars. It's a drop in. But the, they don't own the. They don't own the. Yeah, right. Warner, it, Warner owns the rights, I believe, right? Yeah, it's the, meaning they can't produce movies. Movies or, like no IP. It, it's, it's all. It was just the rights yeah. to to have that IP I, in I, their theme I parts. Think, I, the way it was written, I, I don't know. If that's While you're thinking about this, I, I did read a little bit about this as I was researching for this segment, and one thing that I had read was that. Um, J.K. Rowling was not particularly impressed with the suggestions that Star Wars had, or Star Wars, Disney had made about bringing Harry Potter into their parks, that it wasn't quite the expansive, full park, you know, living the wizarding world the way that Universal is. It was like a ride and a restaurant or something like that. So it would have been a lot more muted, at least initially, than... I'm happy to jump in here. That is the most clear one that could ever be one for me. Um, I mean, I think the... If we're, we're thinking of this as what did we get instead on the Disney side is we got Avatar. That's and true, yeah. As great as those rides are, that um, property does not have the emotional connection that harry potter does to people myself included um that i just that is i would say the fandom for harry potter is on par with the like fanatical feeling people feel about disney properties um and and i guess star wars could be thrown in there too that i can't think of many other fandoms that are quite as intense and you would have then why is it a one because disney missed out on it oh it's a Wait, no this right. is a disney yeah this is you're, disney, you're evaluating disney. disney's decision to yeah, not disney to not passed, purchase it which is a big big i thing. think to me it's a a bit of a miss just because you let something that valuable land in the lap of your most immediate competitor absolutely and even if they had paid 200 million dollars to not have them have it might have been worthwhile just for that. I mean, you don't think so? I don't know. I want to say... My gut says a three. And and I'm just thinking about... Like, it just seems like... you, You don't have to take everything, you know? And you just have to go with, like, what you think is most aligns with your... Your company vision. And I feel like at the time... They just whatever, like it didn't it didn't work out bang for the buck that they felt like they could capitalize on it. And and I don't think that I mean there's there's a lot more to like build on there. And I like Harry Potter. You know, I like I read all the books when they came out as a kid and I, you know, seen all the movies, but I don't know. And I think that that 
that 200,000, that whatever, 200 million could, could have gone elsewhere. Probably and did. It, and it did. And I don't think that it's a bad decision. I would say, and I know I can't go neutral here, but I would say that it's good. Okay. It makes sense. So we got a one, we what, got a three. What would Universal have without Harry Potter? I know. They, they, they could, it, could, it could have been a death nail to Universal. It really, that but, would have been it. I'm like sitting here just like thinking about it, like, does Harry Potter fit into Disney? Like, where would you? Well, this could be this could be a nice fifth gate. Great, yeah. great question, like, huh? So this it would have to be its own entity. This might be the same. Go for it. Yeah, go ahead. That, so it, it said, so Disney entered into an agreement with Rowling, signed signed a letter of intent with Disney, with the company intending to develop a Harry Potter section within the Magic Kingdom park. Uh, it said ultimately Disney pulled out, citing Rowling's creative influence and the terms established by Warner Brothers was too stringent. But so there was a podcast in 2018, Jim Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was they suggested a small land that would have been where the back part of New Fantasyland eventually say, wound up, and would include just two small attractions and a place to get food, an Omni Mover. System that would be like Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, but with a wand instead of a space gun, and a care of magic magical creatures petting zoo. That was essentially a copy of Universal's Triceratops Encounter. The that attraction is long gone, and that said a small quick service restaurant themed like the Leaky Cauldron. Hmm. So, so nothing like they ended up having in Universal. And Harry Potter deserves Harry sure. Potter deserves that. And the, the stuff that Universal has done is, uh, it's amazing. Those rides are great. Even the one that's been open for over a decade now is amazing. I mean, they they did a really good job with that. But uh, you know, it could have been a strategic keep Universal. I mean, look what Universal also has with the Marvel stuff. It's yeah. like they're kind of holding these two huge like IP territories captive yeah imagine that that disney had purchased the rights for harry potter and then said all right well now you have to trade us the rights for marvel to get this stuff i'm I'm reading something about the universal um harry potter theme park contract and just like just in this quick very quick cursory glance over this it does seem that they conceded a lot of of power in the in the form of like Universal and therefore J.K. Rowling or or I'm sorry, um, uh, what's it called Warner Brothers mm-hmm. and J.K. Rowling get a basically guaranteed annual um, you know set fee regardless of ah. how the parks do. So if the park closes down for <laughs> say COVID, say yeah, COVID <laughs> they were getting paid, and this started in its ten years where they it's ten. 10-year contracts that have to be re-upped. And what's crazy is with the whole COVID thing, this was renegotiated in 2019, which means they were like, we get a annual guaranteed... uh, And again, maybe there was some kind of clause of like... I don't know, know, A pandemic clause that they saw coming. The other thing, which is crazy, is that they don't get a cut of like ticket sales, but they earn a cut royalty payments of anything purchased that's even remotely related to Harry Potter rights themselves. So it's mostly like Universal had more 
had more to gain from this and therefore like because at that point they were way behind yeah that's this true. kind of allowed them to kind of claw their way into contention as far as being a legitimate competitor in the theme park space but i don't think that at that point disney was like i'm not gonna give you all of that can't believe i gave up animation yeah that's what i'm thinking so like I think that in that sense it's like it it made business sense at the time to not concede because they were the big dog. I do see where Rob's coming from being like, but you could have that could have basically been the final like nail in the coffin for Universal if you just like did. It. But that is that a compelling enough argument to do it to be like so your competitors don't have it? Maybe, but I still think it's a. I, I still it think it's it a does. Great. It does. I don't. This this article then goes on to say that. If it wasn't for the success of Harry Potter at Universal, they sincerely doubt Disney would have invested in the Marvel and Star Wars franchises or put nearly as much as they did into New Fantasyland, the Pandora franchise, or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, I mean, and that, that was kind of my thinking of that, that money maybe is well spent elsewhere and in, in properties and IP that they have way more control and a vested interest in. All right. Well, we have we have a one and a three. So what was that? The question. The again? question was: Is was it a good decision or a bad decision for Disney oh, okay. not to purchase the theme park rights for Harry Potter? Okay. The ones and the threes, right? I'm, I'm I'm you can still, say good or bad, I'm and I'll just saying, translate I'm it. I'm still saying bad. I'm gonna go with good. I'm going with good. It's okay. good that they did not buy it. Correct. So mm-hmm. so we have three threes and two ones. Yep. All right, sounds good. That's for me, and I want to say it on record that it's a. If I could put a non like binary response on this and be like, it's probably a two, two and a half. I'm not like over the moon. Sure. This is objectively it's fine, good. Matt. It's a game. <laughs> it's fine. Enjoy the parameters of the game. All right, here's a here's your next question. We're gonna move on from that one. Was it a good decision or a bad decision for Disney to lay off thousands of employees in the early stages of the pandemic? Oh, man, <laughs> this this is like a the, the, you like buried the lead on this because this is like a sociological like litmus test of like how heartless are you for the bottom line? I, I will start off with this one, and I'm I'm looking at just to, to me this is a bottom line question. I think it was a bad business decision to lay off as many employees. Once we learned how hard it was to to hire people back after the pandemic, quote unquote, ended, I think they started to realize, oh, man, we got to retrain. We got to rehire. People aren't looking for jobs like it became way harder. And it ended up hurting Disney's image because of having to rehire and retrain and start fresh with like half of their workforce after they pulled the trigger and laid off all these people early on. So I think even from just a business standpoint for me, bad decision. I think there was also on in on the same like adding to what you're saying, there's a certain reputational damage associated with the dip in customer service Mm -hmm. that quite frankly has not seemed to kind of like get back to even close to pre-pandemic levels of um, kind of customer service rating from the general consumer. So like, and that, you know, reputational damage hurts the bottom line in the end, even though it's intangible. So like it's, 
yeah uh that's that's a good point i i respect your <laughs> i risk i i don't know if i agree with well, it well you don't have to agree with it you can make your own <laughs> argument but that that to me is where i land on it rob i feel like this is when you have no. a stronger a strong opinion about no i mean it was it, all the things you said it was bad so that's my vote um it was short-sighted in their defense nobody knew you know it in that right. short period of time march april you know, you didn't know how long this was going to last. It, it was, uh, the sky was falling, right? Yeah. So, uh, with hindsight, it, it was, you know, uh, a bad decision. Yeah. So, a but different I, I, question about, like, wording this is, like, would you have made this? Th- like, which is not sure. the game. We're just saying, like, evaluating We're looking it retrospective. Right, and right evaluating deciding, it right yeah. now in June of 2023. Was it good or bad? Like, for the, like, in totality. And it's not necessarily, like, because... I probably at that time would have said like, yeah, that, that makes sense. We should do that. If I were a, if I were in senior leadership and, and responsible for making that decision. Right. I, but I totally understand. Like that. you said, Rob, like hindsight is like Chapek's main task is deliver shareholder value. Right. So he viewed it as that was the, it was necessary the, the, at that the, time. The, 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 yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, understand uh, I, I still think it was bad though. I okay. mean, we, we could look at it three years later now and have the fortune of, of hindsight. Right. So it was a bad decision. Well, to me, less sands, less magic <laughs> and less so. magic is less money. And that's bad. That's a bad image when, you know, oh, so I'm going with one. I'm, I'm a one too. I, I think we're still kind of having an identity problem with the cast members being underappreciated, undertrained, underpaid. Like, I mean, that has really not recovered since the no. pandemic. We are still, we still have these little, like, you know, one off stories and, like, you know, to the people whose jobs and lives are affected by, you know, being part of a news story that they're getting fired in this three wave. It just, it's uh, it's bad. It, I wouldn't say it's the worst thing they've done for their brand, and I hope there's a question about that in this game. But I would say that <laughs> it's maybe the second worst thing they've done for their brand. I hope I have it. Well, I I bet you do. I uh, this is tough again because you know without knowing the numbers and without knowing like okay they laid off X amount of people and each of those had an estimated you know annual wage of this so really. Um, they shed this much money. Do I think that the reputational risk and like the customer service hit um, was greater than like that initial money saved from? And I want to say, and this is completely without looking at anything. Like I want to say yes, that we know that. <laughs> I want to say no. I want to say that they are. They ended up not hurting the bottom line. Like, and I think that we're on the upswing again. And I think it's kind of like a, and apologies to all my cast member friends and anyone who's listening, but it's one of those things. Like, I feel like it, I don't know if it necessarily hurt the bottom line. They're still filling the resorts. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if. So where do you land? One or three? I think think it's a three okay. i mean in the most heartless like Scad. send your send your hate mail to matt <laughs> all right well we'll uh, we'll put a lid on that discussion we'll go to our next one here uh decision number four was it a good decision for disney to create disney plus 
business decision. Oh. I'll, I'll kick off the discussion so you guys... I know it's tough. I've already thought about these things because I was writing the questions, so I'll try and give you a second to think about it. My thought on this one was I'm, I'm comparing two possibilities. One is the possibility that we know that Disney created Disney+. Plus. They put all their stuff in there. You know, they've got their Hulu rights and whatever. But what if they had just sold the rights to their stuff and made a deal with, I don't know, Paramount or Netflix that... We're going to put the Disney library on Netflix. Netflix Netflix is going to pay us a billion dollars a year or whatever it is. We're going to have all our movies there. We don't have to run the service. We don't have to worry about subscribers. Would that have been a better decision? To me, I think it probably could have been. Because they have had no end of trouble with subscriber numbers and all the stuff associated with Disney+. Plus. Now, we've kind of benefited because we've gotten some great shows for Star Wars and things like that. But what is it the best business decision? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, we've even gone through the pandemic where you had more people subscribing to streaming services than you ever will. And there's still all these questions about, is it viable? Is it making money? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, let me just say that, like, if I had the purse strings and I were um, person, I, I were working for like, a, you know, this a multinational corporation that was like, hey, we have the we have the capital to get into streaming even like within any time within the past three or four years, five years, I would have been like, I would have been happy that I didn't because of what a mess it is. <laughs> as far as like, it, it just seems like the streaming game is that's not to say that none of them are profitable, but like right now it's so volatile that have they, have they made money on Disney plus yet? No. Which is why, right? Like, yeah. I think this is an easy (coughs) bad. This is like, this is this is an easy bad. Well, and like, no Disney executive is ever going to tell you that it was a bad decision because they are right. They are absolutely pot committed on this now. There's no way out. Bob Chapek might tell you that it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, true. Bob Chapek, every shareholder meeting was like kept like pushing back the goal, like moving back the goalposts of being like, by 2023, you know, as long as the, you know, the economics don't change, like we're going to have, we're going to be, we're going to be in the black with Disney Plus. And then it was like, by mid 2024, we expect like uh, the way the tra- trajectories are going. So like, he just kept being like. Oh yeah, guys, it's coming. We're good. We're totally good. It's Disney Plus is good. Was it on the last podcast where we were talking about the loss of subscribers in India? Did we talk about that here? This is succession. Yeah, is this this a subplot of succession? No, this um, is a real thing. That they lost like millions of subscribers and it's because they lost the rights to broadcast cricket in India. I think think we we did talk about that. This sounds familiar. Bob JPEG's cooking the books like Madsen. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't disagree with you guys more. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a great decision. It'll prove out over the long run to be great. Um, there's going to be consolidation in the market. Disney will be one of the few that survives. Um, so, they, they have so much of their revenue tied up in... Uh, broadcaster fees right so espn all those they had to do something because that's going to go away at some point um so i think it was extremely smart now in their defense too this entire time with the streaming services it was the thought was 
grow subscribers, grow subscribers. Doesn't matter what it costs, get subscribers, get subscribers. And then all of a sudden Wall Street was like, no, you gotta be profitable. And that goes for every that goes for Netflix, that goes yeah. for everybody, right? Right. So So then everyone started raising the subscription fees, which then released yeah, the volatility back on, of your on, consumer. Yeah. You know, do you need ten different Star Wars series, ten different Marvel <laughs> series? Certainly not. So they screwed up there, but again, it was what Wall Street was telling them to do. But uh, no, they're going to be one of the few that survives any consolidation. The rumor is they're going to get the rest of Hulu. Hulu will roll, be rolled into a tile in Disney Plus, um, so that'll go away. So I think it was great. The Brad's like, just saying that because he's a huge fan of High School Musical. He <laughs> loves it. He loves it. He loves Star Girl so much, and he's so sad it's leaving Disney Plus. He loves. I am legally seeing the rollover, like with. HBO Max. Remember, like, you mean Max? It's, it's <laughs> Max. Max. Well, Max. HBO Max. Now it's Max. Now Discovery Plus is with Max, is right? With, with yeah. Max. Yeah. Oh, it's going to continue. I mean, yeah. I yeah, can that's... see Peacock doing like somebody's either going to acquire Peacock. The thing that we forget with so I, I listen to a podcast that talks about this stuff all the time, so I feel like I I do know a little bit. More than you better not be cheating on us with any other podcast. <laughs> no, you listen to only no, the I, one that we record. I've, I've referenced it plenty of times. It's the town with Matt Bell, mm. Bellany, um, and they talk about this all the time. Uh, a lot of these services, like Hulu, is U.S. only, mm. and like we forget that like there's the, the whole uh, there's a whole world other, out there. Yeah. So um, and Peacock is the same thing. So it's like you, you hear. These I had no the, idea that Hulu was. Only U.S. Yep. Yeah. There's no international user base. Now, they have others. I think it's called Star. Not Star's the network. Yeah. Star, I think, is kind of the international version of Hulu. Don't right. quote me. I, I think and Disney has some ownership of that. How they, Oh. They, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Hulu's only U.S. Okay. I did not know that. So we got a three from Rob. Holly? I'm going to go with a three. Either way, I think it, it's a good decision. All right. Are you guys sticking with your ones? Or are you going? One. I, I never said. I mean, are you going? Well, then all right. Yeah. You, well, but, you had to look up four years of metrics, and then what <laughs> you said. No, I, I mean, maybe it's short-sighted, and and I'll be proven wrong when this all shakes out and the dust settles. But I'm gonna say a one for now. But you know, the I, Rob makes news, a very compelling argument. The great news is it's really hard to go back to old podcast episodes and find what we said before. So you have like no accountability <laughs> at all. So I live my life, baby. <laughs> No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. All right, let's have a fun one here. Let's have a fun This one. one's going to be so fast. Uh, was it a good decision or a bad decision to build the Galactic Star Cruiser? Mm. <laughs> one. One. Oh, yeah. one. Yeah, it was a very bad decision. All right, Objectively cool. bad decision. I just one. wanted one that I knew was all... One slamadunka? Yep, one across the board. A slam slamadunko. You feel That's good about said. that? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do this one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Disney builds Avatar Land in Animal Kingdom. Good decision or bad decision? What is it called? The World of Pandora? What is it called? Yeah. Yeah, Pandora Avatar. World, World of, of Avatar. Avatar. Sorry. So 2009, I guess. Mm. To the, oh, uh, no, I, here's, here was where I was going oh, with like this. When the, decision the movie, was made? The movie oh, came yeah. out. Here, here's why I thought this was an interesting question. Um... The movie came out in 2009. The park did not open until 2017. Yeah. So 
my my question here was was it a good business decision to build a park that was eight years removed from albeit a blockbuster movie you know the snl skit with 100 floors of frights with uh uh tom hanks yeah of course and at one point Friggin', uh, I forget who says it. He goes, why did you go all in on David Pumpkins? That's what it feels like. It's like, what was so compelling about the property of Avatar that you were like, oh yeah, this is it. Because that that is the, although, you know, I said that it was a good decision. This is one of those things where it's like, if you were able to have Harry Potter or Avatar... It's no question. Like, Avatar is lame, and no one cares yeah, about it. Yeah, that's right, folks. Rewind the podcast 20 minutes ago when you heard Matt talk about how we had all that extra money to build that good Avatar. Because this question should be the exact same answer as your Harry Potter question. That it was bad to build this because they should have bought Harry Potter. What What was out at... 2016, 2015. What what movies were coming out then? Was that like the Frozen time frame? Not Avatar: Way of Water. No, that was like that was like three or four years after Frozen came out. That would have been like Moana was 2016. Um, like Zootopia was, I think. Could have had a Zootopia then. land right then. Bob Iger loves Zootopia. We know this. I mean, Pandora: World of Avatar is the best thing about the Pandora franchise. You're right. You mean the sure. Avatar franchise? Whatever. See about Co, Matt. Nothing matters. It's it's, but it's a dumb, it's a dumb property. That was done very well in the theme park. It was done version. very well, and I'm sure that it drove a lot of people to Animal Kingdom and probably Walt Disney World. But long uh, long term, like, and again, I don't know how much they bought it for. Like, how much were the rights? I don't know. Well, they made the movie, didn't they? It was a Disney movie. Well, now it is because they bought Fox. Oh, so it was a Fox movie before. Yeah. So it was part of the Fox purchase then, right? The movie franchise, right? So before they bought Fox, they bought the... They oh, bought did they? The, bought they it bought separately. the theme park rights. Oh. Just... So they knew it was in the pipeline, maybe. Are they uh, wishful thinking? Yeah. Uh, I mean... The way you framed the question, I guess it was good in the sense that Animal Kingdom had nothing. Like, think of that part yeah. if, you, if that's not there. <laughs> I think that's a very non-creative brain saying that. Hmm. Because we we don't need an IP there, by the no, way. No, I'm just no. I'm I'm not I'm not saying it had to be an IP. I'm saying, but if you just took that whole section out, you don't replace it with anything. Like, yeah, but that wasn't the question. The question was, was it a mistake to build Pandora? If there, if you could take that same money and build... Okay, so we've always said that the Navi River Journey is like a, a cruddy kind of ride. What if you were able to build two e-ticket attractions in the same land because you didn't pay for the IP sure, of Avatar? Sure. Well, then that's a mistake. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, what if this was a Cars Land? Or what if it? I was... mean, it could have not necessarily that, but that's a similar comparison. Yeah. Let's go back to Beastly Kingdom and just go for mythological creatures that are under uh, what is that called? Why can't I think of the word? Not under copyright. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> um, free? Nope, not free. Public domain. Public domain. Just make a public domain land of unicorns <laughs> and. and and dragons and make them awesome. Call it call it public domain land too. <laughs> <laughs>
just really you'll get the you'll get the zoomers in if you call it that it's so it's so meta and oh my and gosh so, oh god it's so self-referential they just have gray shirts that say public domain land yeah, yeah dude in black tell, writing tell me that that wouldn't be i mean i'd go <laughs> i feel like that should be like part zoomer of the at Simpsons, heart part of the simpsons land public, yeah, domain, public land. domain land um it it caught it it's estimated that the land, like with all in, cost about five hundred million to make. So it was expensive, but it wasn't Star Wars land expensive. I'm saying just for long term viability. I don't know. I'm I'm saying I'm giving it a one. Okay. Rob, give it yeah, a three. Well, uh, no, I gave it a one. I didn't give it a three. A one. Catherine? I'm a baddie. Wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. As in, like, you think it was a bad idea for yeah. them to, to make yeah. it. Yeah. I, I am going to buck the trend here and say I think it was a good idea because you needed it. Yeah, you needed right. it to keep the park afloat. Okay. Uh, how much time do we have here? We, we doing all right? Or? Yeah, we're good. Let's okay. keep it moving. Let's do it. Keep moving here. All right. So good decision or bad decision for business... For Disney to convert Genie Plus to Genie Plus from FastPass Plus following the pandemic. Okay, this is the question I wanted before. Okay. We're talking about reputational damage. This is number one. If you talk to anyone who doesn't know Disney, who hasn't been to a Disney park since they were a kid or their kids were kids, what do they say? You have to pay for FastPass now. Everyone knows that. You have to get on your phone. You have to do everything in advance. You got to wake up early. You got to do it in advance. It's horrible. It's horrible. This is reputational damage at its finest. You could have raised theme park prices by $15 or $20 a day, and we wouldn't be talking about it three years later. But here we are. I wholeheartedly agree with you because I think what you said there last is the important part. They're getting $15 from everybody who is willing to pay $15, whereas if you just raise the price $15, everybody would be paying it, and people would be mad about it for like 10 minutes, and they'd be like, ah, whatever. Yeah. But now it, it, now we get mad about it every trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's a, <laughs> Do you have a counter argument? You can you can lay out a counter argument if you'd like. One of every three families utilizes Genie Plus on their planning day at Disney. I mean, it sucks from a consumer perspective, but I mean, I wonder. The thing is, like, did it did that reputational damage and did that like hit to like did that actually really like affect? Uh, the volume of people that we saw in the parks. Can we attribute like, or or was it just as busy and it didn't really affect it and, and they got more money from it? Well, I see, I think this is kind of like Rob's your future payout here thing with Disney+. Plus. I think the reputational damage is something that we'll see going forward after you've gotten past all of that pandemic buildup of people who want to go. They're going to hit that point where that reputational damage is going to be a problem with getting people into the park. Yeah. So, and that there's potentially future spends that we haven't even seen yet that probably wouldn't have had to be spent um, as, like, drivers to get people into the parks. Right. So, like, that maybe haven't... Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I guess I say it's, it's a one. Okay. Bad. It was bad. It's bad. It's very bad. 
you shouldn't have to send somebody a 30 minute YouTube video on how to use the system and, and explain it in detail for them to go on vacation. <laughs> it's literally like homework sending somebody. I'm like, you have to watch this to understand the system. I, I can't explain it to you. You have to see this, like, it's it's impossible. So, it's terrible. Maybe a visual aid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we, are we want to right across the board on that one? All right. Okay, Here here's your next one. I feel like this is gonna be a universal one too. Disney builds the Skyliner. Good business decision? Three. I, I think even if you put take out how convenient it is for us as consumers, how much are they? They have to be saving a ton of money on buses. Right? Making like so much money on Pop Century and Art of Animation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The, those <laughs> rooms have gone up so much, and it's because there's a Skyliner attached mm -hmm. and probably can charge a lot more for Caribbean Beach, too, than they true. could pre Skyliner. I'm sure there's some data to um, show that, like, there's a large portion of guests that stay in like in the Disney bubble longer because of like the ability to kind of bounce around and have that flexibility of transportation. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a, a, a positive three. All right. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's a that's a three. Three. All right, we'll move on to the next one here. Um, so the next one is associated. Well, not even really associated. Was it a good business decision to cease the Magical Express? Yes. Why? Because it cost them a lot of money to run, and it cost the consumer nothing. So, so I read... What was I listening to? I, w I would like to credit them. I can't... I don't remember. Okay. But I heard... So... Or read it or heard it. They stopped this as a straight. It was costing way too much money because they were paying mirrors for every seat on every bus that went out, and it was be the the ridership of it became dramatically less as the years have gone on from hmm. when it started to now. Interesting, because of proliferation of ride shares. Correct, and pr private. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is. From a bit, like it sucks to not have that free service, and as a, you know, but I, it makes perfect business sense I, to me. As opposed to the decision of Genie Plus and all that to pay for fast passes and whatnot, have I think affected people's decisions to travel, or change length of stay, or at how frequently they go. I don't think this is factoring in it. Like I they agree. took that is, one thing away, so I'm not going. Reputational like, damage sure is, but if we're ranking the reputational damage, this is lower on the list. Yeah. I don't think that this had the as pervasive a effect on people. Like people weren't like, oh yeah, when you get to Disney, you get on a bus, and it's just you know it takes you right to. It wasn't like one of those things that everybody knew about. I think it depends what generation you ask because oh. uh, every mom I know is mad about this. Every yeah, mom, no, that, my mom's My mom is mad, mad, yeah. My mom and is my super bad. My best friend's mom is very upset about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Let's, just thinking here, instead of like charging for Genie Plus, like keep the Fast Pass and maybe charge for Magical Express. Like keep the Magical Express, that way it, it gives those families the option they'll have to pay for it. I well, mean, there I mean, are some, I guess. What, I think. What is that? The sunshine flyer? Is that what it's called? Yeah, they have the mirrors service. Yeah, it's just not. Mm -hmm. like, it's not a Disney, Disney branded. Disney associated. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, like Rob, like this is a pure cost center. And, you know, with a lot of these, you're like, that's like the quantitative part of it. Like the dollars and cents, like this costs us a whole lot of money. And then there's like the qualitative part of it's like, well, does this put a sour taste in people's mouths so much that they stop going? And, and that's the, that's the way more difficult equation to figure out of being like, well, how much are we potentially losing there? And I don't think that like people hated it and people are still complaining that it doesn't (laughs) exist, but I don't think that it was enough to like outweigh the savings of not doing it. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Next one here. Was it a good business decision for Disney not to sell off ESPN somewhere along the way here so far? So they still own ESPN. They've had some opportunities potentially where they could have sold it. Has it been the right move for them to hold on to it at least so far? I'm going to wait for Rob. He's yeah, got I the most insight what, here. I defer to what Rob says. I mean, it sounds like it's uh, not a not a real great thing. Um, I don't know. I, be, because mm-hmm. I think they are able to do a lot of things that aren't... Um, that they they're allowed to do a lot of things they otherwise wouldn't be able to if it wasn't for ESPN. So the the marketing that they can do for all their other properties um, and tie-ins, I think, has a huge advantage. Uh, that you know, on Monday Night Football, you could be promoting your latest trailers for movies and. It, Whereas these other companies don't have that luxury, so ah uh, yes, corporate synergy, right? <laughs> no, but, but I mean, I think that a, a lot could be said for that. So, um, the the next thing that came out recently was that they're looking at a direct to consumer. That has been the one thing of like straight. They have ESPN Plus, but right. that's like for your third tier sports and. Boxing is kind of big on in UFC, but uh, if they were to go that route, I think they're fine, and they should. They them. What was your question to keep it or their decision not to sell it off along the way? If they go down that road, I'm gonna say it was good. I'll tell you why I think it's a, a good decision. I think it's one of those things that once you sell it off, you're never gonna get it back. So you better be darn sure that that's the right move for you to sell it off because you're never going to be able to buy them back and do the things that you think you want to do, whether it's, you know, some sort of a roll in with a sports betting app or, as you say, a direct to consumer, you know, program with with ESPN or something like that. I just don't think even if it's costing them money to have it now, I don't know that you could get it back for any kind of a reasonable dollar amount later. So that's, I, I, for me, I think it's a good decision to have held on to it. To not I mean, the one it. thing in television that makes money is live television rights. Uh, the live sports rights. Yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, I'm a totally, you guys took the words right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> go with the, no, you guys, I mean, like you guys made compelling arguments. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with a three on this. ESPN really like their club on the boardwalk and... All right, here, I'm going to throw one for you at you, which is a little bit different. So this one does not have the same kind of like direct dollar 
translation that some of these other things do. Was it a good business decision for Disney to allow greater cast member expression in terms of, you know, hair, tattoos, things like that? Yes, it's, well, it's so weird. I mean, you have to look at, like, the market research of your core demographic. Like, there's going to be a certain percentage of Amer- of Americans and really worldwide of being like, oh, that's that's a, uh, you know, that flies in the face of my values. But, like, really, like, it, that's just an evolution of being, like, younger people don't care <laughs> that they have tattoos and beards. It's not like this isn't the freaking 40s anymore. Like, that doesn't, like... That's not like you see someone with tattoos on the street. You're not like, whoa, what a wild person. I would never. I, I, I do in Disney. I still feel that way in Disney when I see somebody with a tattoo. It's Even like the, if it's only a hand size big, isn't that the rule? It's like the Yankees not I letting their uh, people, um, their, their, um, that's their wild, players right? have beards. It's like you're in the Bronx. Have you been around? Have you walked around? <laughs> you think that like everyone's real clean cut? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad decision, but it still is jarring to me when you see somebody who's like wildly different than what they they used to have to do. If an employee's happy and it means a better experience for me, all the better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all for the the self expression. It's also a, it's also one of those decisions that is like a zero cost. Right. Well, that's just, yeah, it. there is no, there, I mean, I think the only cost is anybody who would be upset by it. And I think there's very few people who are, well, there, there's nobody who's coming to the parks because you now allow tattoos. There's people who aren't coming to the parks because you do. Yeah, but I think I'm just that that, I'm just saying all that that tattoo is heads. the tattoo heads. The tattoo is going to be I a think, Coronado next year. I mean, you could probably. I mean, and this is getting into like a a area that I don't even know if I want to get into. But oh, I'm talking Lord. about like they're um, um, doing like they're being so um, steeped in like gay days and being like, well, does that you know does that take a hit of potential like conservative uh i'm sure it does but but so much so that it doesn't drive revenue for people who are on the right side of history <laughs> well yeah i mean that that's just it gay days are also not disney sanctioned or yeah no, disney has all, nothing really to yeah, do with no, it it's just like a show up it's like dapper no is it is yeah. that the same yeah that it's like an outside organization puts it together you all show right. up it's a safe place so, okay, we have a couple more here. My next one is, was it a good business decision for Disney to switch to mostly DVC property constructions compared to just general um, resident or general, what's the word I'm looking for, hotel stay? So just for information, Riviera, Copper Creek, Polynesian Villas, and Grand Destino Tower were the last four things to be constructed. So you got three... DVC things and one non. So before that was Art of Animation. Yeah, that would have been back in two thousand nine. I think is what it was. So it's been a long time since. I mean, Grandestino mm-hmm. Tower being the exclusion there. It's been a long time since you've had non DVC properties be the primary construction that Disney's been doing. Good business decision. Yes. Okay. Me. 
DVC prints money for Disney. <laughs> so, but does it print money in the long run, or is it I print mean, money immediately? Doing, I mean, again, everything's relative, but um, you know, it helps them get quartered. It, it helps their financials quarter over quarter. So, right now, um, I mean, you could say there's a lack of. They're not. I guess, like they were taking out inventory at Grand Floridian and Wilderness Lodge. They're not doing that because those rooms there's no would vacancy, make more money, yeah. right? So the DVC rooms they have to know make more money. So. Yep. Plus, See, I was again, thinking it's, it's how they, it's it's how it's accounted for too, right? Because you don't. I forget. I had to see if I could find that somewhere. But it's basically they they recognize all the revenue for that room for the fifty years, all at once. Once that contract is paid mm-hmm. for, as opposed to a hotel room that's fifty years and you're paying for it night overnight. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the like timeshare like aspect of it. That it's not the same kind of. That's the way they because it helps their books a lot. Huh. From that standpoint. Yeah. Okay. I see, was yeah. waiting to see what Rob would say. So <laughs> I'm going to copy off of him because I did not know how financially, but I could only speak as a DVC owner that I like that decision, but as a pretend executive, I guess I like that decision too. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Three? Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say one. And my reason for it is just kind of the opposite is that you, I, I feel like you're mortgaging a couple of years from now in exchange for the illusion of profitability now so that we're going to be in here in a couple of years. And I think the pandemic really proved it is that if you have any kind of an interruption to your supply, that is people staying in rooms, you end up with a log jam of people who've got DVC to use. And now you've got to try and figure out how to cut back on your regular guests so that you can accommodate the DVC guests. I just feel like there's, there's a future mortgaging that has to be happening there based on the DVC properties going up so much. I mean, that's just my take on it. But. Do you think the logjam of DVC people is really a financial problem, though? Because they've already got your money, and now they're more likely to... Well, see, I, I think it probably has to be a little bit of a problem, because if, if they're taking general population rooms and making them dvc that's rooms that you can't sell as a general population room and they're doing it because they've got so much dvc that they have to provide for i would imagine i mean maybe that's not the wrong take or maybe that's the wrong take but i don't know hard to say holly good decision or bad decision more dvc what did you say (laughs) (laughs) all right let's see we got one Two, three more. Um, Was the decision to go to all of the live action remakes a good decision financially or a bad decision? They make so much money. They make so much money. Mm -hmm. But this to me, and I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. It's a little bit like Pandora. They're spending a bunch of money to make movies if they spent the money to make new properties, could they make as much or more money? You don't think so? I mean, I just think that like this isn't like it's making money and it's a sure shot. Right. And like this right? is not one of those things that like like the fact that they're making that they made a live action 
Little Mermaid doesn't have like long term brand impact as far as I'm concerned. You know, like like as I think that it's just like it's a, they're money makers, so I'm saying it's a three for me. Like, and I think that's correct. One of the most yeah. slam dunk answers. I'll slam a dunk up. <laughs> I would say, that, but no, I would not say slam a dunk up. <laughs> Catherine Holly, what do you think? Oh, this hurts my heart. I want to abstain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good idea, but it's horrible for me. It's a good financial decision. It's a bad fan decision, perhaps. Those executives that are greenlighting these, right? Their biggest thing is they greenlight something that is a complete bomb and they lose their job. Nobody's going to lose their job when they greenlight these. Until, until people stop showing up. It's it, wild it's, to me that they haven't. I, I, I guess I'm shocked. I mean, I, I, from some of these movies that they've brought out as live-action remakes, I'm shocked that people go to them in the numbers that they do. I haven't heard about anything about The Little Mermaid. Fire was great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people like it. I don't particularly care, but people like it. I'm thinking the nostalgia. Like, I don't know. Sure. I mean, I mean that's out there. That's certainly things that drive people to movies. So. Yeah, Disney... Yeah, Disney preys on your nostalgia. So that's that's a that's a market that's a market driver. <laughs> all right, we all kind of agreed there. Um, has the decision to make Epcot Epfot been a good business decision? <laughs> and Epfot stood for Experimental Prototype Festivals of Tomorrow, according to Rob. Yeah, Epfot. So you can you can, if you go to Epcot on any given day of the year, there's a pretty good likelihood that there is a festival going on. Good decision, business-wise. What do you? Th- I mean, you don't have to go to numbers. Like, just yeah. does it feel like it? I mean, I, I guess, I'd rather, I'd rather go there when there's a festival than not. I, I feel like I, they I have know, to make guys... a killing on these. Yeah, too. they do. <laughs> that's why they're doing yeah, it. But they're paying those boys in Hanson like three million a show. <laughs> um, they could float out a local high school band and like people would sit and watch it that they don't even have to make it a band of moderate note from 20 years ago right yeah, that's like, true yeah yeah i mean i have to say this is good because otherwise they wouldn't do it i right. mean like without looking at numbers or knowing numbers they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, be making do, them as long they wouldn't be extending them them if they right. weren't making money because like it it costs money to do this, to like organize vendors and add staffing and like create, and not to mention like the R&D of like creating these like new drinks and foods and like all of this stuff. Like it costs money for them to do these festivals as opposed to just leaving the world showcase as it is. So like you guys said, like they have to be making money. And of note, what was one of the first things they brought back after the pandemic was festivals like they were back before there could be international people in the country to run them right which leads you to believe (laughs) these things make a ton of money yeah and and drive attendance i mean i I think that's a a slam dunk decision as well personally uh and i think that is that's all i've got all right well that was a fun game thanks scott you're welcome you made me admit some things i never want to say out loud <laughs> i know well you you have to look at I, I think a lot of times on this podcast and it's it is it's because what this podcast is is us giving our opinions of how things affect 
consumers, we get really into the consumer part of things. And sometimes you do have to take a step back and think, well, there's a financial reason that they're doing this and maybe it isn't always the best one, but it's relevant. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, so for the listeners, none of us are uh, senior leadership or executives at the Disney company. That is very true. Yeah, that would be so screwed off if one of us secretly was. <laughs> <laughs> like, the and, and the other the four did not know. The most screwed up part about it is that they didn't fix some of the things that we've been complaining wow. about. Yeah, truly. The devil you know. Yeah. That's right. Um, anyway, any uh, last call items? I believe Rob has one. Yeah, we need to pour one out for uh, the... Uh, I want to get the official the Pacific Wharf Distribution uh, Company no. truck, which is the Carl Strauss beer truck <laughs> beer cart that was at DCA um, in the Pacific Wharf. Yeah. I love our it comment clo- the closed. other day was they couldn't just roll it to another part of the I park. No, no, you know what? We screwed up. So <laughs> we screwed up in the overreaction part. That is going away. It's becoming a meet and greet for Baymax, but. They're taking part of uh, Cochina Cucamonga, and it's going to be the new Carl Strauss location. Oh, okay. So there's still so there'll it, be it, beer there. Yes, yes. But hey, Baymax better be slinging drinks, otherwise <laughs> I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, it's gonna a new beer garden um, in San Francisco Square. At, yeah, so um, the truck will no longer it's, it's no longer there. But when is uh, when is the full uh, Transformation? Yeah, Big Hero 6 overlay happening. I think pretty soon. Yeah. Are they already like in I don't know. Process? You guys were there the most recently. Yeah, right. So. Um, they were work. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They they started like right when they announced it. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, that was it. Um, and I have one more. Uh, please give us a good five star review if you're reviewing our podcast and you listen to us and you're taking this directive we would appreciate it um did we get a bad review this sounds snarky we did um for not knowing what time disneyland hops can you believe that we're an east coast podcast yeah we are an east coast Mm -hmm. podcast we're just being honest we're talking like we would around the table also so you're just ready to burn you're ready to burn the bridge of this person we're also too negative i would call that person out by name but i won't do that um, <laughs> my God, guys, don't read the comments. Well, we ask people to give us reviews. We don't want crappy reviews. We only want nice reviews. So well, I mean, we're these... not going to sugarcoat. Yeah, no, no. Hey, so, hey, there's great podcasts if you only want to hear the good part of Disney. We're just trying to be real and we're paying for this ourselves. We don't get anything comped <laughs> by the Disney corporation so we are using our own money to do all of these reviews so you're you're saying that this wasn't constructive criticism no you saying we're negative don't listen to us if you don't like it don't listen to us if you don't like us but if you do like us give us a five-star review not a freaking two-star review that doesn't help anyways yeah cram it Uh uh-huh well you don't see now we're even more negative (laughs) guess what yeah, we're gonna we're gonna really <laughs> we're gonna go the other well, you way. You didn't like us being negative. Well, you just. I wait. feel like there's been some really great negative episodes that we've done in the past that have been themed around being negative about things. So, like, <laughs> go look those up. I don't know if the Chapek years were the most positive years for us uh. as fans and like COVID and everything, but I mean, I think I think we 
talked about how things were looking up last podcast, but I just happened to see these reviews, but they were from March anyway, so... Not everything's sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Right. But, Toxic positivity. <laughs> yes. Anyone have any good notes they want to leave it on? Um, no? Okay. Cheers! Cheers! Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you for listening to WDW Happy Hour. Please like us on Facebook and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to share by telling your friends and also writing a nice review on iTunes. Cheers.